Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today, everybody. It is Monday. We are getting ready for week three or week two, depending on your scoring periods. I am Adam Azer with Scott White. It is a Team Scam show. Good morning, Scott White. Happy Monday, sir. Happy Monday to you, too. Yeah, very happy Monday. Team Scam won, went 6-4. and four. That was beautiful. Uh, so, you know, last week, a week ago, we were talking a lot about pitchers, be it Stallions or Brewers or whoever. I feel like this was a hitter-friendly weekend. I feel like this weekend was about the hitters. Yeah, a, a little bit more so. I added a couple more in deeper leagues, but I there were there were a couple that I added when I've mostly been making moves for pitchers so far. So right. I agree with that. Yeah, right. It's time to get those hitters now. Um, like, oh man, why is Yandy Diaz owned in every one of my leagues? I he is the one hitter that I really want. <laughs> he's only like fifty percent owned, but he's a hundred percent owned in Adam Azer leagues. But I hope you have the opportunity to pick him up. Uh, who are some standouts for you this weekend? I actually had trouble with this. Like one guy that was like totally jumped out. Holy cow. Uh, gotta get this guy. I didn't really know who it was or even someone who's widely owned. You got to stand out for mm-hmm. us, Scott. Well, I'll, let's, I'll, I'll, I want to talk about Jason Hayward a little because he did have a huge weekend at Milwaukee, three home runs, including two in one game in which he also stole two bases. And of course, it was just a few years ago that he was considered this must start outfielder, still only 29. Uh, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical that Good. anything's really changed here. Uh, his, his problem has always been elevating the ball. And if you look at, you look at the three home runs he hit, it was in Milwaukee, first of all, great place to hit. One of them was like a line drive shot. And another was one, a high fly ball that just barely cleared the fence. You know, there was, there was a leaping try at the wall to catch it. So, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that it means anything, but I did add him in a couple of five outfielder leagues just because but a couple of five outfielder 15 team leagues because it's hard to fill five outfield spots with competent bats there. And, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm not a, I'm not optimistic, but maybe. OK, as long as we're talking about 15 team five outfielder leagues, because I was like, really, we're starting the show with Jason Hayward. That's you know. a big weekend. What do you want? Standouts. I know it was it was not the a weekend with an obvious standout in my opinion. I want you know one guy that really jumped out to me was Joe Musgrove, and I know that's kind of random, but he's about eighty four, eighty six percent owned, something like that. And I don't know if Joe Musgrove is a must own player or if he is someone that we can be streaming, uh, adding and dropping as we see fit. Obviously, fantasy owners think he's a must own player, but he had a great start. Yeah. I'm kind of skeptical, but I understand why he needs to be owned. Um, how do you feel about Joe Musgrove? No, I think he's definitely must own. I, I think he's going to, he's just such an efficient pitcher. I think he threw like 72% of his pitches in this start for strikes that he's, I think going to be a quality start machine for the Pirates. The ERA was a little on the high side last year, but he showed a lot of swing and miss potential and certainly did in this first start too. Um, trying to find the exact stat I have for him, but it, it was a, it was a high number of swinging strikes. It was 
it equals 17. his high from last year. 17 of them. Yeah. 17, yeah, on 88 pitches. And he did it against the Reds, who can't really hit. But still, you know, the first 14 starts of last year, he had a 331 ERA. Last five starts, 635 ERA. But, you know, that's only five starts. It was a pretty solid season for him. He had a 1.18 whip. Um, all right, so that's my – I don't know why I said him. Okay, okay, we can do better. We can do better. Scott, Clayton Kershaw, not a weekend standout, okay. but I want to bring something up. He's making a rehab start, I think, tomorrow, and he could pitch this weekend for the Dodgers. What do you think about this? We got some excitement going for Clayton Kershaw. He already had his DL stint. He's going to have another DL stint. Last time we saw him pitch was the postseason. He was kind of up and down, hit or miss. Not exactly like Clayton Kershaw. I think this might be a time to make some offers if you have Clayton Kershaw and maybe sell high on him before he even debuts in 2019. How about that, Scott White? What do you think? And if you were going to do that, what would be selling high for Clayton Kershaw? I mean, that's a take. I I don't know. (laughs) That's what I I do. I I mean, we could see, I could look at ADP data and see how the general public was viewing him coming into the season. I guess for much of draft season, there was the expectation he would begin the year on the DL. But I know, you know, we were obviously drafting all offseason and and Clayton Kershaw never went that high, at least among ace pitchers. I don't give up an ace without getting an ace in return, generally speaking. I might downgrade an ace. But I'm not going to upgrade it. I, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to just rid myself of an ace because I think that's the scarcest, one of the scarcest, most valuable commodities. Okay, but would, you, be would great you trade him for? Uh, a, would you trade him for Chris Sale? I would. Yeah, I would trade him for Chris Sale. Maybe that might be. It's more of a buy low situation on Sale than I think a sell high with Kershaw. But, uh, but sure, I would do that. All right, because I'm really considering it. Because I have Kershaw coming back in one of my leagues, and I just don't know what to expect. And and I don't think this is the last time he's going on the injured list. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about his back holding up. It's scary that he already had an injury in spring training. Um, I'm not sure we downgraded him enough, but then again, he's Clayton Kershaw. He's a Hall of Famer. He's the best pitcher I've ever seen, basically. So you don't want to count the guy out. Um, let's see what but happens. My, my impression of the way draft prep season unfolded is before, before he went on the DL, yeah, I didn't want anything to do with them. And then he went on the DL and started dropping more to like round six, seven. And and to me, he became a value at that point. Maybe we were downgrading him too much. So we'll see. Okay, so uh, Kershaw he could pitch this weekend in the bigs, but I do not start him. First of all, we don't know that he's going to pitch. And secondly, it's just a little bit too risky. Let's talk about some of the ad drops that we made this weekend, and maybe this will help us get to some standouts. I added Hector Neris. On a $5 bid out of a $100 budget, I had 85 left, now I have 80. And I missed out on Ryan Brazier last week because I didn't go to like $3, and I was mad at myself. Brazier got a save yesterday. Um, he now has two to Matt Barnes's one. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. But I, I added Hector Neris. And the thing, the reason why I added Hector Neris, he got the save yesterday for the Phillies. I dropped Andrew Miller. You know, Hector Neris has been a really good reliever. First half of last year, he was terrible. And then they sent him down. He came back up, and his last 20 appearances, he had a 204 ERA, five walks of 35 strikeouts, and 17 and two-thirds. The two previous seasons, 2016 and 17, 271 ERA, 188 strikeouts and 155 innings and a 1.18 whip. So I think he's good. I think Neres has a chance to become the 
primary saves guys uh, saves guy. We're not there yet, but I did add him. And what's your read? Any any bullpens you think that uh, you know switched this weekend? Red Sox, uh, Phillies. Man, it's it's playing out exactly like we feared it would for bullpens across baseball. Uh, the by committee approach to the ninth inning seems to be gaining steam. It's usually not like a true full committee. It's usually between two guys. But that makes the ones who have a firm hold on the ninth inning job that much more valuable. It's really like a third of the league. Like we don't we don't really know who the Twins closer is or the Phillies or the Red Sox or the Rays or the Braves. You know, I, I <laughs> probably think, come up with a few more names. I really okay. I'm going to sound stupid the next time they get a save chance, but I really think Blake Parker is certainly the guy to own, and Trevor May is has not really been in the mix. So you had Rodgers. I could see Rodgers getting a save if there are a bunch of lefties up. Otherwise, I really think it's Parker. That one. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely in all those situations we could name a preference, right? Yeah. But I don't know that I'm counting on that preference for more than like sixty percent of the team's share. Sure, and, and so that's, I mean that's so, that's going to be tough to get thirty saves. And the reason scenario. the reason why I picked Naris up because I agree with everything you're saying, is if you're going to pick up a guy that you're speculating could get saves, make sure he's a guy that even if he doesn't get saves, he's not going to hurt you in your lineup. You know, So Neris is a good pitcher. So even if he doesn't get me saves, hopefully he does, but he'll give me some ERA, some whip, and some strikeouts. Um, not, you know, he's a hater or anything like that. But And that's another, we've got to talk about Jeremy Jeffress. He's coming back. But uh, would you rather have Brazier or Barnes? Would you rather have Robertson or Neris? Would you rather have Brazier or Barnes? I would... I mean, I'd, I guess I'd have to say Brazier at this point since he's got two of the three. I don't think Barnes is out of it, but it does seem like they like him in more of a hater role, Josh Hader role, uh, than as a ninth inning guy. Uh, and then the other one was Robertson and, and Naris. I, yes. I still go Robertson there. I, I mean, that that bullpen might be the truest of committees in terms of it could just be anybody any day. Uh, but that would lead me to favor the who I considered the best reliever still. And, and Robertson's last couple of appearances have gone better. Obviously, he got off to a terrible start. But I'd still lean Robertson there. And I'd still I'd still go with Sir Anthony Dominguez over over Naris if I was ranking them. But I it's it's who knows, you know? Gabe Kapler's a he's a wild man when it comes to his bullpen usage. I'm gonna go through a few more of my ad drops and I'll let Scott take it away. I added Jay Bruce. In, I think, two leagues, and he just has to be owned at this point. And I added Jock, Jock Peterson in a 12-team points league. Now, I know, Scott, Jock Peterson was not in your sleeper hitters column. He was too owned. Um, I was lucky to get him. But listen, the guy's got seven righties this week. That could be seven leadoff spots for Jock Peterson for the best lineup mm-hmm. in baseball right now. Not a lot of good pitchers this week. So he, to me, is a must-start guy this week, Jock Peterson. Um, I dropped Lucas Giolito in several leagues, unfortunately. Scott and I added Daniel Vogelbach in a 16-team head-to-head categories league. We dropped Greg Bird. Vogelbach is not an everyday player, yep. but you, yeah, you're nope. you're feeling, you know, he's he's like 15% owned. You think Dan Vogelbach needs some attention? I mean, I've been warm on Vogelbach for a few years and been hoping he'd get his chance now. It, it, Seemed like an injury, a minor injury to Edwin Encarnacion gave him 
a, a, a small opening this week, and boy, has he run with it. I mean, the biggest game was yesterday when, when Edwin Encarnacion was also in the lineup. Got to start at first base. Jay Bruce got a day off. And Vogelbach had two homers, six RBI. Already four home runs, basically, started for the past six games. Um, and I think they have a bit of a, a problem, a good problem on their hands now. Because it's it's Claire Vogelbach, who you might remember was a, a standout in spring last year, a guy with great on-base skills. I think there's like a Max Muncy-type ceiling here for Vogelbach. And, and he's he's pushing for playing time in a way he hasn't before. Uh, because Jay Bruce can rot- flip between first base and the outfield, I think there there's room for him, the Mariners, to work Vogelbach in. And uh, obviously, if an injury develops... If, Santana gets hurt, Malik Smith gets hurt again, then Vogelbach becomes a, a very interesting player to own. I added him in a couple leagues. One was a 16-teamer, like you said. The other was my Tout Wars League, which is a 15-team roto. So we're talking deep leagues where I added him. Uh, but I, I don't think there's any issue speculating on upside in a format like that. Uh, we also added Clint Frazier and dropped Teoscar Hernandez in that same, that's the podcast for the People League 16-team head-to-head categories. And people are asking about Clint Frazier. I think one thing you have to realize with Frazier, he had a three-run homer on Saturday. He didn't start that game. Uh, I don't think they love his defense in left field. Um, the other thing is, you know, could be short stay with Aaron Hicks, hopefully back in a couple weeks. Um, the other thing is the Yankees have faced nothing but bad pitching so far this year, so keep that in mind. You look at Gary Sanchez, for example. And the other thing is, actually a good thing, Clint Frazier was at one point a huge prospect and now is finally, hopefully, getting some everyday playing time. The schedule is going to get a lot tougher for them this week as they're at the Astros this week, uh, beginning today with Verlander. So what, mm-hmm. how, how owned do you think Clint Frazier could be? Do you think he's a must-own? No, I don't think must-own. It's, it's, again, how deep is your league? Uh, how, how able are you to speculate on upside? With your bench spots. And there, there's been a t- lot of talk. I've written about it. Uh, we talked about somebody like Jesse Winker, who, um, you know, I wasn't alone. I was maybe leading the parade, but in terms of the upside he has, and obviously off to a dreadful start for the Reds, and is he somebody who's droppable? And yeah, there's a case to be made that he is in like shallower three outfielder leagues, not the kind of leagues where we're talking to, where I've talked about adding a Vogelbach or Hayward. Um, so, you know, in the kind of leagues where you're considering dropping Winker, I don't think those are the kind where you add Frazier. I think it's more of a five out le- outfielder league scenario. Um, you know, which in that, which tends to be more of a roto league where you're not investing, you're not so invested in filling your bench with starting pitchers because playing the two start weeks isn't as big of a deal. So that's, that's kind of where I am with Frazier. Again, I'm, I'm excited about. It, it looks like he's finally taking advantage of his opportunities, kind of like Vogelbach, but there there are questions about what kind of playing time is going to be available to him going forward. Would you pick up Clint Fraser or Jason Hayward? I in in the leagues where I was where I was putting in bids on Hayward, which are again, they were five outfielder, fifteen team leagues, I put in a bigger bid for Hayward than than Fraser. I, I should really, okay, I, I should take it back. Cause yes, Aaron Hicks is coming back, hopefully in the next couple weeks, maybe. But Stanton's still going to miss more time than that. Gardner can't really hit. If, if Clint Frazier hits, he'll probably play. Um, so, okay, there's that. 
Uh, we also added Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly had a great start for the Diamondbacks against the Red Sox yesterday. Scott and I added him, and we dropped Lucas Giolito. And eight innings, nine strikeouts, only one run allowed, and Adam Jones should have caught that ball. Oh, just over the outstretched arms and a home run for Mitch Moreland. Um, Merrill Kelly, Scott, how owned should he be? Yeah, I'm I'm not super excited about him. I, I thought it was fine adding him in the league we did for having nine strikeouts in eight innings, only 11 swinging strikes. So doesn't really seem to have an overpowering pitch, but he does have four pitches. And he was throwing 200 innings when he was pitching in Korea the past three years. So, you know, if he's efficient like this, I, I think they'll let him accumulate innings. He could be... He could be a useful innings eater in, in a deeper league scenario. I don't, I don't see a ton of upside here, but just the ability to accumulate innings is, is, uh, is pretty rare among pitchers these days. And I think that could have value in its own right. And that would be the end of my somewhat boring ad drop weekend. Scott, how was your actual weekend? Did you do anything fun? Uh, I've been I've been binging Game of Thrones. I haven't yes. seen any of it before. I'm yes. through two seasons now. How great yes, is I'm, it? I'm, oh, how great is it so is... far? <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um, it's good. I'm trying this is my favorite way to watch a show. I like I like to do it all at once over a period of a couple months. Of course. And really really yeah, yeah, really get invested in it, really feel like you know what's going on as opposed to being having to remember all those details from week to week, which with this particular show would be very difficult. I watch with subtitles on, and I still can't keep track of names. It's, <laughs> That's impossible. It's a challenge. So I don't know how I'd be doing it if I was watching it every week, you know? No, no. Once a week. You have people reminding you about things. Oh, yeah. The most important part of Game of Thrones is previously on Game of Thrones. Um, but after, like, two or three seasons, I'd say, you'll get a much better feel for the characters. I'm glad... I'm glad you're enjoying it. Skip season seven. It's hot garbage, but we're excited for season eight. All right, so any spicy ad drops, or we can move on. We can look at the most added list if you'd like. I mean, I'm kind of with you where Yandy, like a guy who's 50% owned, Yandy Diaz wasn't available in any of my leagues, and I feel like that's always the problem with this segment every week is that the kind of leagues we play in, <laughs> the, the potential ads are less exciting than uh, than I think the average person is dealing with. So let's talk about Yandy so, yeah. Diaz. And, and, you know, off to, an, uh, off to an incredible start. He's now 53% owned. He's the fifth most added player. Um, he is third base eligible. And do they play him anywhere else? I'll take a look and see if he's made any other. Yeah, they played him at first base some. Okay. Could get first base. So Diaz is batting 303 with three home runs, five walks, three strikeouts. Uh, just, just really impressive. And... Um, yeah, seems to be playing every day, I think, for the Rays. I have trouble keeping up with that, but pretty much. He's, yeah. He's their best hitter. So yeah, fifty three percent owned and any third baseman that you've moved him ahead of in your rankings? Uh I I think he's the perfect pickup for people who are thinking they may have lost Miguel Andujar for the season, because I think it could be similar production. Actually walks more than Andujar, so maybe even better in points leagues. But um, yeah, that's that's the ideal guy, and I wasn't able to do it in the one league where I owned Andujar, which was disappointing. Chris Towers already had him, 
But, I mean, what he's doing differently this year, because three home runs, he only had one, and I think about 250 at-bats between two seasons with Cleveland. He's already up to three now. But he had really high exit velocity in his time with Cleveland, just didn't elevate enough to turn that into home runs. It seemed like an overly simplistic explanation. Oh, this is what the Rays are going to try and do with him now that they got him. Trading Jake Bowers, who was... a Considered a really good prospect. It was surprising they made that trade. The, the, the explanation to me seemed a little, a little overly simplistic, but so far it's manifesting as well as it could. And the guy doesn't strike out much and, and draws his share of walks. So if he has power to boot, then he's going to be, he's going to be a must start hitter, I think. All right. Would you take Yandy Diaz over, say, Josh Donaldson or Max Muncie? No. Okay. No, those are both. Those both have to be bad for like six weeks before I give up on them. And and by the way, Muncy really turned things around already. That series in Coors Field, where on Friday he homered. He started against the lefty and homered off that lefty, and then later in the game he tripled off a lefty reliever. So yeah. Dave Roberts needs to get with the program. Max Muncy, one of your better bats against left-handed pitchers, Dave. <laughs> also, Max Muncy's made two appearances at second base. Got an email from Ross alerting mm-hmm. me to that. So thank you, Ross, for alerting me to that. All right, would you move Yandy Diaz ahead of Yoan Moncada, Esdrubal Cabrera, Michael Franco? All you know, Moncada now has third base eligibility. Um, where does Diaz stack up with Yoan Moncada, Esdrubal Cabrera, Michael Franco? I'd be fine moving him ahead of Franco and Cabrera. I think that the upside's limited for both. But Moncada's shown us big things, too. I think he actually leads the majors in, in uh, average exit velocity and his strikeout rate's way down. Yeah, Guy he's... who struck out like 33% of the time in the past. And 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 the uh, the batted ball data was good even then. We, were, we, we, we had said before, if he gets that down to like 25%, that strikeout rate, um, he could be really good. It was 25% in the spring, and it's even lower, I believe, now. So I'm pretty excited about Moncada. This this might be a breakout season for him. Okay, we're going to take a look at the most added look, uh, list in a second. Uh, right now, though, I want to remind you, one of our favorite times of the year is upon us. It is Masters Week. It's a, tradi- a tradition unlike any other. CBS Sports is where you can get direct streaming access on your phone or computer to live coverage all day for each round of the tournament. And the coolest part is you can choose between four different streams, whether you want to watch the featured groups of the day Follow the field as they come through Amen Corner or holes 15 and 16, or see top golfers getting ready for their round on the practice range. And the best part is it's entirely free. No need to pay a subscription or have an expensive cable package to watch it. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone or visit cbsports.com slash masters first cut. And while you're there, check out our friend Kyle Porter, golf analyst for CBS Sports. He's on the first cut podcast. Make sure you listen to the podcast, by the way. He'll be on CBS Sports HQ. That's our free 24-hour sports news network, and he'll be reporting live from Augusta National all week long. So, again, you get the CBS Sports app, or you go to cbssports.com slash mastersfirstcut. Let's take a quick break here on Fantasy Baseball today. Take a look at the most added list when we come back. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. 
As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com Collaboration Tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Take a look at the most added list, Scott White. Here we go. Uh, number one. Oh, number one is fun. So this sucks. Max Fried is the most added player. He's up from 11% to 53% owned. He's going to get crushed this week. At Colorado and home against the Mets, I believe. I know the second start is the Mets. I never remember if it's home or away. Like that's there. He's gonna get crushed, and then he's gonna get sent down. Yeah. And like it's not fair. He shouldn't skip him against Colorado. He's not ready for it yet. And then, well, look, boost his confidence. I, I'm not. I'm not. He's he's beyond the threshold of two star pitchers that I'm advising this week, even in a points league. But if he doesn't get crushed Adam. I yeah, uh, he will. Then well, no, I just kidding. Maybe not. He, he if, may if, not. He may not. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, you'll be glad you already have him because that that will be he'll be looking like uh he'll be everybody's favorite pickup at that point, still available on half of all leagues. But you're right that I mean if he doesn't go well, the Braves could easily could easily pull a swap here. Um they actually um Mike, Sor- Mike Soroka made a start at AAA. I think he pitched five perfect innings coming back from shoulder injury, so he's going to be back in the discussion here uh, soon. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, it, they're all at any Braves pitcher who holds that fifth spot, assuming the top four are healthy. Uh, it looks like Sean Newcomb is still among the top four after he pitched seven strong against the Marlins yesterday. Yeah, why couldn't Freed um, pitch against it, the Marlins? Are you kidding? No, I mean, I didn't. He struck out two in those seven innings, so I'm still not high on Newcomb, but he has he has a clear advantage over all the other young pitchers because he's held down a rotation spot for a full season before. And I think it'll take a lot for him to lose that job. Uh, but anyone in the fifth spot, that would be a Freed, be it Soroka eventually, or Kyle Wright, they're at risk of being replaced at any point because they're, they're, uh, there's a whole, there's like two rotations worth of Major league ready pitching prospects that the Braves can cycle in to that spot. Okay, I guess as the Max Fried owner, uh, you know, owner and fan, I just have to root for everyone else to get injured. No problems there. <laughs> taking, uh, taking more looks at the most added list, Scott. Trey Mancini, 81% owned. Matt Shoemaker, 76% owned. Christian Walker, 51% owned. Jake Lamb is out six weeks. Uh, Yandy Diaz, 53%. Jordan Zimmerman, two-start week, good matchups, 58%. Colton Wong, 83%. So I see people are buying into Trey Mancini and Colton Wong. Um, are you? Well, Mancini is among my top 10 sleeper hitters for this week. The Orioles are going against the Blue Jays and Red Sox staffs in seven games. Um, Porcello looks like a favorable matchup right now. Chris Sale, I guess you'd have to call him a favorable mm-hmm. matchup right now. So it looks like a good week for the Orioles. And Mancini, it's really early. It, you don't want to read into batted ball data too much, but he is elevating the ball 
much better than ever before, uh, which is something that he really needs to do to 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 take the next step. I think the I think the hitting skills are good, but if he can hit fly balls like a normal power hitter, uh, he could he could end up being a surprising contributor in fantasy this year. So I added him in a couple leagues myself. Okay, well, you know the fact that he's the fact that he's an advisable starter this week obviously contributed to that. Would you rather have Jay Bruce or Trey Mancini? I'd rather Bruce. Would you rather have Bruce is also in the top ten sleepers hitters. He's second, Jay... as a matter of fact, behind Diaz. Oh, okay, cool. Jay Bruce or Christian Walker? Uh, uh Bruce. Would you start Jordan Zimmerman this week? He's got the Indians and the Twins. Yes, he's among the advisable two start options, mostly for that that Indi- that Indians matchup. But um, he's he, he may have reinvented himself here in his mid-30s, and uh, I could see him being useful even beyond this week. If he gets crushed this week, obviously you move on, but there's a chance he might be There's a chance he might be pretty good this year. And that's Zimmerman we're talking about. And uh, Zach Eflin is someone we didn't mention as a standout, but he certainly stood out. Gave up one run against the Twins. Should have probably been two runs, but a uh, runner got thrown out at home plate from left field, which is actually significant because one of the reasons we like the Phillies guys is their defense is so much better this year. There's no way Reese Hoskins was throwing a runner out at home play. Well, probably not. Um, but, you know, that helped. Um, so Eflin has had two very good starts, and he's now 82% owned. He's up, I think he was 79% owned yesterday. He's definitely someone if he were available. Like, Scott, all the pitchers we've talked about, I'm not sure there's one that I like better than Eflin. When you look at the Marlins guys, the Brewers guys, when you look at Jordan Zimmerman, Matt Boyd, who I know you like a lot, um, Carlos Rodon, Matt Shoemaker, I think Eflin would be my favorite. In fact, I would say Eflin, Eflin would be my favorite. I wouldn't agree with that. I would take the the the, the best three of the Marlins stallions, which excludes Alcantara for me. Uh, I would take Corbin Burns. I would take Brandon Woodruff. It's it's mostly an upside thing. I question Eflin's. Like I, I think he could be a perfectly fine mid grade starting pitcher, but he doesn't really have that big standout pitch that's going to help him pile up a lot of K's. And you know, big a big reason for his jump in production last year, which still ended up with pretty high ERA, should point out. But a big reason for it was. Uh, a jump in fastball velocity. And it's been a little down this year. It hasn't qu- been quite as good. It was better in the second start than the first. Well, yeah, I mean, what do you expect? It's, come on, it's, it's April. You guys aren't throwing their hardest right now. Come on. Oh, but, yeah. Again, mostly it's an upside thing. And actually, Corbin Burns is worth talking about here because he had a bad start. Uh, I would be I, I would be probably the best way to describe it. Three home runs in a second straight straight outing. That's not good. He's not going to be able to get away with that. Uh, but he once again showed a really dominant fastball. Seven swinging strikes just on the fastball, which is a very high number for a fastball. And this kind of I think this stat comparison kind of sums up the difference between how he's looked and how he's performed. His FIP this year with all the home runs, is 840. Obviously not good. His ex-fip, 194. Yeah, all right. So so Burns, I've had a chance to watch both of his starts. I, did, I watched a lot of the first one and some of the second one. And 
I just still have the same concerns. I brought it up. It's those middle innings, third time through the order. He's a two-pitch guy, and I think his fastball gets less effective, most most pitchers do, as he gets deeper into the game. Is he just building up the arm strength because he wasn't a starter last year? Um, I don't know. But I'm Well, what's, it, what's I'm interesting is, I, I, is yeah. I looked at his pitch selection was different in this second start because I worried that, okay, maybe it's left-handers crushing him. I think two of the three home runs in this weekend start were against left-handers, one a switch hitter, obviously batting left-handed. But he did throw a changeup in this start when he didn't in his first start. That's that's the most important pitch for neutralizing opposite-handed hitters. There, there, it's it's more than just two pitches. Yeah, but how? I mean, he didn't really throw it that much, did he? I mean, third time through the order right now, opponents are hitting 500. It's it's they're very few because he hasn't gone that many. But so far, he's getting crushed in the middle innings. Um, so look, I. I haven't dropped Burns in the one league I own him in because I see the same things you see. There's a lot of encouraging stuff here for Burns. But I keep bringing it up. He didn't start last year, and we don't know how he's going to do third time through the order. And so far, he has failed the test, and I really think that... I really think he's losing his stuff third time through the order, but that's just, you know, good old Adam Azer trying to observe baseball, which is always risky. <laughs> but but the stats do back it up in this case. He's losing so his far, stuff. There are two starts. I don't the, think you can start him right now. The, the Brewers take on it for what it's worth. Craig Council says they're committed to him as a starter. Um, they think he's awesome. And they're scratching their heads over the home run situation right now. Uh, so they're looking for solutions to that. We'll see what they come up with. But I, I think the upside is very high for Corbin Burns. I uh, You're 100% right about that. I mean, just the strikeouts are great. Uh, I think you got to sit him at the Dodgers this week, though. It's just the Dodgers are the lineup yeah. right now that you do not want any part of. And maybe after the Dodgers, might be the Mariners. But right now, the Dodgers, just just <laughs> forget it. Okay, uh, big news. Clayton Kershaw could rejoin the rotation Sunday. Don't start him. Jeremy Jeffress could be back this week, Scott. Jeremy Jeffress, must-add guy. Uh, let me look up his ownership percentage. What do you think? Yeah, pretty close. I think there's a chance he is... Uh, almost, almost a true closer for Milwaukee. I, I was actually encouraged by the fact Josh Hader, I think it was just yesterday, he had got, he pitched two and two thirds innings for a save. So clearly not a normal closer workload, despite all the saves he's been racking up. They, they still seem to like him more in a multi inning role. If Jeffers is the main guy in that bullpen, Hater will still steal saves, but I think it would be more like a 75-25 situation than some of the 60-40 ones we're seeing across the league. Of course, it all depends on if Jeffers comes back looking like the guy he was last year and and deserving of those save opportunities. Sure. Uh, other than 2017, Jeremy Jeffers has been a, a pretty good reliever, if not very good. I don't think he's a great whip guy, but he's he's a good reliever. And he's 38% owned. That is an under-owned player in Jeremy Jeffress. Uh, Chris Sale is having today's start pushed back to tomorrow. That had been the plan all along, according to Alex Cora. Baltimore signed Dan Straley. I don't know why that's in the big news section. Gregory Polanco began a rehab assignment. So that is someone that you might want to get on your bench. And uh, Miguel Sano could begin a rehab assignment this week. Who's a better stash, Gregory Polanco or Miguel Sano? I'm going Polanco, Sano. I, he needs to make a lot more contact for me to have any hope for him. 
Ryan McMahon is on the IL with an elbow strain. Garrett Hampson, Scott, is 2 for 24 with no walks and eight strikeouts. Garrett Hampson. And also Rockies News, David Dahl left with, I think, an oblique injury last night. He hurt himself swinging, and he says he thinks it's minor, but you just you never know with that stuff. But uh, how how much do you think uh, – okay, Garrett Hampson, is he a – a must own. Let's put it that way. It's probably a little strong at this point, but the opportunities for playing time are as high as they've been all year. So if you have faith in the skill set, and I do, um, you probably need to own them, particularly in leagues where you, you need the you need stolen bases. At you know, it's one of the categories as opposed to like a points league. It probably needs to be owned, but I I get it if if. Uh, if you have if you have a lot of options in your infield and don't really have room for him in your lineup, why you wouldn't roster him? And there's obviously a roster crunch this time of year when the bad, when the potential breakouts haven't, uh, you know, the true breakouts haven't distinguished themselves from the potential ones yet. All right, that's uh, Garrett Hampson, 42% owned. Mike Clevenger left with upper back tightness doesn't seem to be a concern. He said it was just precautionary. And Yasiel Puig got ejected on Sunday. Chance he gets suspended. We'll see. But then he'll appeal it. So I, I don't think there's an issue starting Yasiel Puig. Uh, how about yeah, an, Mike yeah. Clevenger, by the way? Oh, has good been start. ridiculous. Good so start. Far. Ridiculous. I, I think it's worth pointing out. Would you rather have um, Clevenger or Kershaw? Clevenger at this point. I mean, he looks like he's taking that next step into, into being an ace. He, he he worked on adding velocity this offseason. And while his velocity was already pretty good, it it, it is up a tick. And, and I think the main thing that stands out for me for Clevenger, I talked about how seven swinging strikes on the fastball for, for Burns was a really good number for a fastball. Mike Clevenger has gotten 12 swinging strikes just on his fastball in each of his first two starts, which is a ridiculous number for a fastball. If If he can, if he can induce the number of whiffs on that pitch... You know, with, forget the ones he's getting on a secondary stuff, which normally generate the the big whiffs totals. I mean, he's going to be a strikeout machine this year. Yeah, and I think he's got he's either got Detroit or Kansas City this week. Uh, Chicago, he's faced the White Sox and the Blue Jays. I would say the White Sox are not necessarily a layup, but the Blue Jays might be the worst lineup in baseball right now, and he completely dominated both those teams. He will dominate either Detroit or Kansas City, whoever he gets this week. That's Mike Clevenger. Okay, Scott, people want one-star streamers. Scott White hates one-star streamers, but I've got a list for you of guys that you could use for just one start. And I will remind you, Scott and everybody, one-star streamers this segment last year, this five-star reviewed segment was probably <laughs> the first time um, that I seriously talked about Armand Marquez last year. Because at one point, Armand Marquez was just like, whoa, he's doing really well on the road. So I said, pick him up. He's got a road start. But, you know, then he ended up being great. <laughs> uh, so here we go. So owned in a lot of leagues, and we'll go down in ownership. Zach Eflin is at Miami this week. Uh, his two starts after that are probably going to be at Colorado and at the Mets. That could be tough. But one start, Zach Eflin at Miami. Yes, sir. Michael Pineda has Detroit this week, and he's 73% owned. He's still not going more than uh, five innings, not throwing a ton of pitches, but maybe they're just building him up. What about Pineda in a one-start week? Scott White. I'd be okay with it 
you know, as two as one start streamers goes. My 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 opposition to one start streamers is that um, you're having to turn to them. You obviously don't have a very good pitching staff because I usually find it's hard enough to fit two start streamers in with the one star pitchers I like. But you know, Pineda's looking like a must own pitcher. Um, my concerns about him maybe being the Twins maybe trying this weird new piggyback approach with him so he doesn't have to face the lineup the third time where uh, they were kind of relieved with this start this weekend where he pitched five innings and was followed by four one-inning relievers. So hopefully they're just stretching him out carefully because of Tommy John, and that's why he went four innings and threw hardly any pitches in that first start. I disagree with Scott White that you have to have a bad pitching staff. Like I'm looking at one of my pitching staffs right now, and granted like I, I have Severino, and this is a 14-team league. But a lot of people play in these types of leagues. But I have Bauer. I'm starting him. I have Castillo. I'm starting him. I have Charlie Morton. I'm starting him. But I also have Tyler Skaggs. And Tyler Skaggs is at the Cubs this week. And I'm going to sit Tyler Skaggs for Zach Eflin, who's at the Marlins. Um, I also have Domingo Roman, who has the White Sox at home this week. There's a chance that he doesn't make that start, as I was reading this morning, because Sabathia is coming back. Yeah. So, you know... But in a 14-team league, Adam, Zach Eflin's not a guy you're picking up off waivers. Okay. In my podcast league, 12-team league, I bet if I had Zach Eflin there, I would start him over Vince Velasquez making two starts this week. Uh, or Tyler Skaggs or Jordan Zimmerman. Oh, my God. My pitching staff is so bad in this league. <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah. Some people have bad pitching staffs. How about Sonny Gray? Some do. Yeah. One start for uh, for Sonny Gray against the Marlins this week, coming off a very good start. Sure. Um, I mean, he, he looked yeah. much better in his second start. He That slider that he that he says ruined him with the Yankees because they wanted him to throw a slider more. He It was his fourth most used pitch in that second start, so he seems to be backing up what he was saying. And uh, I think he could be a useful starter this year. Derek Rodriguez, 61% owned. Yeah, I don't know. He he kind of failed his audition. Although he allowed four runs in the first inning and then uh, just four runs over five and a third. Um, Derek Rodriguez has San Diego at home this week. Yanni Chirinos is at Toronto this week. That could be a great one. Jake Odorizzi got crushed over the weekend, but he's got Detroit this week. And I just don't trust Jake Odorizzi. Um, but he did get crushed at Philadelphia. It's it's worth pointing out that it was like wet conditions, and he said he couldn't get a good grip on the ball. But I wasn't I wasn't buying into that first start for Odorizzi anyway, where he struck out eleven. Yeah, but Toronto, I mean, he's got Detroit. Sorry, Toronto is Chirinos's matchup, and Yanni Chirinos that one might work. Thirty nine percent owned. Um, Frankie yeah, Montas is at Baltimore. Yeah, Frankie Montas at Baltimore, and then Mike Leake is at Kansas City. Now you got to check that one because he if he gets pushed back, he's got Houston at home. But Mike Leake is 13% owned, and I think he's better than that. So I'm not saying he's a mixed league guy, but 13% owned, I bet you could do worse than, than Mike Leake. Okay, more importantly, how about some pitchers that we might be looking to drop right now, Scott? Uh, I'm going to give you some big names. These guys are owned in a lot of leagues. The first three are owned in about 90% of leagues. Rick Porcello, uh, Jose Quintana, and John Gray. And then I'll give you the two Brewers guys. Although you're not you're not dropping the Brewers guys, I'm guessing Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Uh, but how about Porcello, Quintana, and Gray? Are you ready to drop them? I think in like a head-to-head categories league, uh, where roster space is limited and volume from pitchers isn't as important as like in a points league, I think you could think about dropping Porcello or Quintana, provided. It's a situation where 
there's so many good options emerging on waivers and you're struggling to find a spot to fill them. You know, it's part of part of the game in those leagues is giving yourself a chance to drop somebody. And I think both of these pitchers, Porcello and Quintana, in that format have given you a chance to drop them. It doesn't mean I think they're ruined. It doesn't mean I think this is just who they are now and we're moving on for them forever. For from them forever, I just think um first of all, they're probably not going to be picked up if you drop them. And second of all, I don't think the upside is high enough that you're really going to miss them in that format. Not a points league scenario. Again, that would also mean small roster sizes where you're struggling to pick up everyone you want off waivers. But it's it's different because of the hope that they give you six innings, at least six innings a start, I think. Porcello and Quintana, that's still the most likely outcome for them. So I'd be reluctant to drop them in that format. No way I'm dropping John Gray. His first start was great. It's got a lot of upside. Um, wish the second start was better, but whatever. It happens. I mean, Dodgers, a lot of pitchers, yeah. even a lot of aces, have had bad, a bad start already. Yeah, and against the Dodgers in Coors Field, it's kind of tough for him. Um, Porcello, you know, I, I read the recap from the Boston Herald, and they pointed out there was a lot of bad luck for, for Porcello. I'm not going to read all of it, but it didn't have to be as bad as it was, which was seven runs in four and two thirds on ten hits. I mean, it wasn't going to be good, but his his start could have been better. And still waiting for one really good start from a Red Sox pitcher this year. Um, all right, so those are some pitchers to drop. We got a lot more to talk about, and not that much time, so we'll get through it fairly quickly. And we're coming right back after this is our final break of the show. We'll be right back. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. All right, Scott, here we go. Um, any other hitters you want to talk about? I mean, gosh, <laughs> Mike Trout's homered in four straight games. That's cool. Uh, Jorge Alfaro homered twice. Uh, Max yes. Kepler. I know you like Max Kepler. Or last year you did. He's homered in three straight games. Yeah. No, he's interesting because he's shown good strikeout to walk ratios in the past and actually made some encouraging strides in terms of elevating the ball last year. It just didn't really show up in the numbers. So him homering in three straight games. Um, you know, I was picking up like Jay Bruce over him, but Kepler. In leagues where I needed an outfielder, usually only like three outfielder leagues where he was available. I had a few claims in for him that didn't end up going through, but he was on the list to add, sure. Clint Fraser or Max Kepler? 
Uh, Kepler. Kepler or uh, Jock Peterson. Uh, I I think you got to go Kepler there, unless you're talking about a one week scenario where you just want Peterson to take advantage of all those righties. Or if you're talking about a daily league, I might go Peterson over Kepler. Right. Okay, more hitting news. Dansby Swanson, 52% owned. He is top six shortstop right now. And he's batting 346 with three homers, but also six walks with six strikeouts. So he continues to be interesting. And also Tim Anderson's off to a big start, batting 560 right now with two home runs and a steal. <laughs> and only two strikeouts for Tim Anderson, only one walk. But I guess when you're getting so many hits, you're not going to strike out that much. But um, if you were going to pick up a shortstop, would you go for Dansby Swanson or Tim Anderson? Well, Tim Anderson's probably owned in all category leagues already, right? Five by five leagues just because he was a 2020 guy last year. Points leagues, he doesn't really walk enough. I, I still think I'd favor him over Swanson, but I don't want to bury Swanson here because he. there was an interesting article in The Athletic about work he did with um, Chipper Jones this offseason and the Braves hitting coach Kevin Seitzer uh, really talked about how good of a hitting structure instructor chipper jones is turning out to be and how he's just kind of picked up with swanson where chipper jones left off doing the same sort of things but in a couple places that swanson is laying off the slider outside in a way he didn't do last year he he was often flailing at that pitch and he's shown a greater willingness to hit the ball when it is outside and, and actually on the plate to hit the ball the other way and obviously it's paying dividends so far this guy's a former number one overall pick and top prospect. He hasn't really shown much of anything in the major so far, but there may be something to this start. I'm not saying he's must add, but in leagues with middle infield spots, um, so, you know, deeper lineup leagues, I was looking to add him where he was available. Uh, it's time to talk about starting pitchers. And I think we'll just go to the ones that are available. Although, let me go to studs being duds. Let's go to some guys who were terrible over the weekend. Tell me if you're concerned about any of these fellas. Zach Wheeler, Kyle, excuse me, Kyle Hendricks, Yusei Kikuchi, and Jay Happ. Wheeler, Hendricks, Kikuchi, Happ. I'm not sure Kikuchi has shown much in terms of an ability to miss bats. This start, 10 swinging strikes, was actually his season high which is discouraging. Not saying I'm looking to drop him, but it's uh, I haven't been impressed so far. Wheeler gave up seven walks, obviously terrible. His first start wasn't great either. But um, the Mets manager, Mickey Calloway, who was a great pitching coach for Cleveland before becoming Mets manager, uh, says there's a mechanical issue where Wheeler's releasing the ball too late, holding on to it too long, and that's affecting his control. And Wheeler seems to think it's a simple fix. You know, velocity's been fine and all that. So I'm not I'm not worried about Wheeler. I think it might be a good buy low opportunity for him. All right, cool. And then how about um I, I really think I really think we should talk about Chris Paddock. Maybe today's not the day, but you know, Scott, I, I just have an issue with two pitch pitchers. And uh, I can't understood. I can't give Paddock a pass. Like I'm very excited about Chris Paddock. You know. His last start, it wasn't that bad, but he he only pitched three and two-thirds. He gave up an honor and run, four walks, four strikeouts at St. Louis. His first start was really good. 
But yeah, I mean, eventually that stuff kind of catches up to you if you only have two pitches. And I, when I looked at Chris Paddock's minor league numbers, I figured he threw like 98 miles per hour. He, he doesn't. I think he's probably more like 95, which is really good. But not, but it's not like he has one pitch that looks so amazing. Maybe the changeup. I don't know. But all I'm saying yeah, is, all I'm saying is, I, it, it, there's very few right-handed pitchers who can survive with two pitches. Um, and we have to point that out on Paddock. Yeah, I think it's going to be more of a situation where they don't let him pitch the third time through the lineup very often, which he needs for arm preservation purposes anyway. Guy who was coming back from Tommy John's surgery last year, didn't have a huge total number of innings in the minors. Um, I, I, I think he's going to be dominant those first two times through the lineup. That'll give you really good ratios. The four walks in this start was an aberration. He had three, I think, total this spring, and he had eight total in the minors last year. Right. Granted, it wasn't a full minor league season, but it was a bunch of starts. So he's, he's normally a much better control pitcher than he showed yesterday. Yeah, Paddock is at Arizona this week. I'm hoping that's an opportunity for him to you know, be great. And if he is great, then I might, I might consider making offers, seeing if I could get a more solidified starter who's going to get me innings, going to... Uh, you know, be available the entire season pending injury. Uh, so we'll, we can revisit that. Uh, all right, here we go. I'm going to give you some players. They're all owned in more than 80% of leagues, and I want you to tell me if they should be or if you think they could be dropped for anybody on waivers, hitter, pitcher, whatever. Uh, Michael Waka, Jake Arietta, Trevor Williams, Nick Pavetta, Marcus Stroman, Brad Keller, and Sean Newcomb. Michael Waka, Jake Arietta, Trevor Williams, uh, Nick Pavetta, Marcus Stroman, Brad Keller, and Sean Newcomb. Anyone there that the first to go, I had no problem dropping these guys, this guy or these guys. Uh, for me, the first to go would be Newcomb. Totally fine dropping him. Again, not showing much bat missing ability and control issues. So that's uh, totally fine with that. Uh, Trevor Williams, I think the upside is limited. Jake Arrieta at this point in his career, I think the upside is limited. I think he had one swinging strike. In this weekend start, even though it was an okay start, <laughs> that's not a good omen. So those would be the three, probably in, in order, going in order, it'd be Nuka Marietta, then Williams. I'd be okay dropping them for whatever. Waka's right on the verge of that too. I think the upside's limited for him, but he's been, he's been a usable pitcher for a long time. So, um, be a little more reluctant with him, but I think he is droppable if you're struggling to fit an upsidey type on your roster. And people are worried about Nick Pavetta, Scott. Yeah, yeah we're getting a lot of Nick Pavetta talk. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. I mean, he hasn't looked great so far. And the velocity is a little down, I think. But uh, I, I, he was he was probably the trendiest breakout pitcher this year. And for good reason. I mean, the, the supporting stats really, uh, really painted a good picture for him. So he deserves he deserves more time than this. I don't think Brad Keller should be 85% owned. I don't really think he's a categories or roto type of guy, but Brad Keller does get Cleveland this week, so you might want to hang on to him. Um, I mean, that's fair. I, he probably is in like the Trevor Williams class. I should have mentioned him. Fringy starting the main pitchers. Two that I w- the oh. main two that I wouldn't be dropping from this group are Pavetta. And look, even Stroman, I don't think it's crazy to drop him. Uh, but I, I think at the very least he's going to be an innings eater. Uh, okay, Fringy starting pitchers part one. These guys are 65 to 79% owned. Who do you like? Tyler Skaggs, Michael Pineda, Julio Arias, Zach Godley, 
Uh, Kevin Gosman. That's it. Zach Eflin was in this group, and now he's 82% owned. Skaggs, Pineda, Arias, Godley, and Gosman. Skaggs, Arias, and Eflin are pretty close to must-own. Uh, Arias. Is he done, though? Is he you going? Know, he, you know, Kershaw back this weekend? That's the thing. I mean, the way the Dodgers handle their rotation, you know the next opportunity is right around the corner, but he struggled in a course field start yesterday. I don't think he's must-own, but obviously if you're in a situation where you can stash upside, he's among the most upside-y stashes. Got a visit from the cat behind me, by the way. Oh, Tiger! Tiger the fantasy cat. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Godly, I don't know, bad control. He did lead with his curveball yesterday, which is interesting. Pitchers who are leading with the secondary pitches seem to be faring well here in the early going. Did I say yesterday? I meant this weekend. Yeah, Saturday. Uh, and, and Gosman, it was a really good start. It was against Miami through just two pitches, and the velocity was down, I think. 11 swing strikes, which is not a bad number, but... Uh, I'm not rushing to pick up Gosman based on this performance. No, and he's at Colorado this week, so so no. I'm surprised Skaggs is only 73% owned, honestly. Um, but I I think I'm going to sit him at the Cubs. Um, they're just they are raking. Frenchy starting pitchers part two, 50 to 64% owned. Sonny Gray, Derek Rodriguez, Stephen Matz, Domingo Herman, Matt Strom, Caleb Smith. They are 50 to 64% owned. Sonny Gray, Derek Rodriguez, Stephen Matz. Domingo Ramon, Matt Strom, Caleb Smith. So Caleb Smith, this is kind of the opposite order in which they're owned here. Caleb Smith, Domingo Herman, and Sonny Gray are my favorites from this group. And I think I'd own them over a lot of guys in the last group, the more owned group. Uh, I think Skaggs is in the same conversation. I think Pineda. I need to see. Well, certainly, a lot, I need to see a lot more from Michael Pineda. I'm sorry. Like this guy, yeah. his last three seasons, he had a 437, 482, and 439 ERA. Uh, I like him this week no, against Detroit, you. but I'm not there yet. I, like I'm surprised that Pineda is more owned than even Caleb Smith. Caleb Smith being 50% owned is is crazy to me. He needs to be. I mean, two great starts now. Um. Matt Strom is a guy who I was excited about coming in, and I decided to drop him for the first time yesterday. Yeah. I dropped him, uh, trying to remember who I dropped him for. It may have been like a two-star Zimmerman, um, because he has, he, like, his velocity is not held up moving from the bullpen to the rotation, and he's basically been going fastball slider. When uh, a lot of the talk of moving him to the rotation is, hey, he has four pitches. This could work out great. Had a really good spring, but the first couple of starts have been very di- discouraging for Matt Strom. All right, Scott, we got about a minute left. Um, Luke Weaver, Sandy Alcantara, Wade Miley, Yanni Chirinos, Lucas Giolito, Kyle Wright, Pablo Lopez, Jake Odorizzi, Renaldo Lopez. Did I say any? Uh, Frankie Montas, did I say anyone that needs to be added? Despite the bad showing Friday, still like Pablo Lopez and uh, Wade Miley and Yanni Chirinos are the other two interesting options here. Adam Wainwright, deep leagues here, uh, less than 30% owned. Most of these guys less than 20% owned. Wainwright, Merrill Kelly, Zach Davies, Wade LeBlanc, Mike Leak, Jorge Lopez, Aaron Brooks, Nick Margevichus, Trent Thornton. Trent Thornton, interesting. Tyson Ross, Lance Lynn, Felix Pena. 
Yeah, very surprising. Thornton's only nine percent owned. Sparp with fifteen strikeouts in ten and two thirds innings so far. <laughs> Needs to be more on than that. Uh, my second favorite here is probably Kelly, and the others they have a lot more to prove still. Trent Thornton, Blue Jays pitcher, uh, has some of the best spin rate on his curveball in baseball. So maybe a little bit of a sleeper there, and just eight or nine percent owned. That is Sky White. I am Adam Azer. Thank you for listening, everybody. Going to read some emails on tomorrow's show, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Keep them coming. Thank you for uh, for your emails. We always appreciate it. Sorry we couldn't get to any today. That's going to do it for our Monday show. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Baseball Today. <laughs>